Hi everyone, welcome back to At the Devil's Ball, the uh, podcast where we talk about horror movies and uh, occasionally pseudo-horror movies or horror-adjacent films in a positive and constructive manner, or at least we try to. Uh, uh, I am Nathaniel. And I'm Samuel. And uh, we're uh, we're back again for another edition. Um, this week we're talking about Leviathan. Uh, and before we get into the into this into the nitty gritty, I uh, I have an apology I need to make, um, which um, we were supposed to. Have, it is guest choice month, and we had a guest lined up, and he chose Le- the today's movie. Uh, however, I had a, a I work overnights. Full disclosure. And uh, I uh, I had a sh- shitty night the night before. Uh, Sam knows this. Sam saw yeah. the Sam saw the Facebook post. Yeah, contrary uh, the, to what the, you might think, this uh, this podcast gig you know doesn't pay well enough for us to quit our day jobs or <laughs> exactly <night> jobs. <laughs> exactly. And so it's it was a nightmare of a shift, and I ended up sleeping for like eleven hours, and I slept right through my alarms, and left him hanging. And uh, that was uh, Matt from uh, Killer Horror Critic. And uh, I've apologized to him in private, uh, and uh, I told him I was going to apologize uh, publicly at the beginning of this episode. He told me I didn't have to do that, but uh, I told him that I, I like to own my mistakes. So, yeah, that's what uh, I, both of us I are screwed up. about that, yeah. Yeah, so I screwed up, and I apologize to you as well, Sam. You were, you were waiting no, on me too. And, don't worry about uh, it. But yeah, uh, so unfortunately, uh, Matt, uh, Matt from Killer Horror Critic was not able to join us. Well, I had a great time talking to him about the howling on um, uh, mm-hmm. Simple Sarah's Horror Menagerie last month. Really was excited to have him. He picked a hell of a film. Um, uh, but we both, you know, at the end of the day, uh, the show must go on, and we did the we did the work on the film uh, ourselves. Right. So we're going to talk about it here. Uh, so uh, Matt. We miss you if you're listening. I, again, yeah. I apologize, and uh, hopefully, I, I, from what I understand, we're cool. Uh, and hopefully, you'll do the show again. You'll, you'll yeah. do the show with us uh, sometime down the line. What, We'd still what, love to have. What you. is his podcast called? Uh, Killer Horror Critic. It's like a, uh, it's a, it's a podcast and a blog and a website. Yeah. He's a kind of a big deal. Check, yeah, <laughs> kind of like he used check. to run the. Um, well, I just I uh, could. I was just making sure that we told everybody to check it out. You know, it's his. Oh yeah, 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 um, yeah. Uh, it, it was another example of we were going to get way more exposure from having him on than the other way around. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, he uh, he was also running the um, uh, Saturday night uh, watch-alongs mm-hmm. on Twitter right. uh, during the pandemic. Uh, that was a lot of fun, and actually drummed up quite a few followers for our Twitter page because I was uh, using our Twitter account. Uh, to tweet along during some of those movies, such as like Howling Seven, and um, stuff like that. So uh, that was really fun. So yeah, Matt's uh, Matt's a really cool guy, and I really enjoy talking with him on uh, Simple Sarah's Horror Menagerie. And uh, so hopefully we'll have him on later on. Um, so that's out of the way. Again, uh, the yep. apologies has been made. Uh, so the film this month, uh, this week is Leviathan. Yes. Uh, made in what year, Sam? Nineteen eighty-nine. It was the the first of a wave of underwater horror films or sci-fi films. Right. It's basically alien. Right. Um, it's basically alien underwater with a little bit of the thing thrown in. It's, um, uh, and Sam's got the vitals and I'm sure he's going to tell us all about the De Laurentiis. Yeah. Dynasty. (laughs) I, you know, that was Uh, exactly what I had written down. De Laurentiis dynasty. And I also had, uh, is it De Laurentiis Psy or is it De Laurentiis Z? What's the plural? Because uh, no. we got two of them. I'm gonna go with De Laurentiis I. 
I think De Laurentiis. Uh, yeah, that yeah, sounds yeah. like it makes more sense. <laughs> so a, anyways, flock of, a flock of De Laurentiis. <laughs> yes. A, a, a murder of De Laurentiis. Yeah. Yeah. A, a B movie squad of De Laurentiis. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we got a. It came out March seventeenth of nineteen eighty nine. Um, had a twenty million dollar budget. Only got back fifteen point seven at the box office. But this is already at the point where. Um, you can make money with that, and you know, home video and, and video rentals. I think it made ended up making money at the end of the day. But uh, uh, directed by uh, George Cosmatos, who did uh, Cobra, Tombstone, Rambo Two, First Blood, uh, had a pretty good run with this uh, in the eighties. Uh, is this the father of Panos Cosmatos? Yes. Did, did... Yes, it is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Who did uh, uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow and yes. uh, Mandy? Yeah. Yep. Uh, story by uh, David Webb, Webb Peoples, who uh, wrote Blade Runner, Twelve Monkeys, and Unforgiven. Hmm. Uh, screenplay. I, there was a story that a screenplay. Um, screenplay by uh, Jeb Stewart uh, from uh, Die Hard, The Fugitive, and Just Cause. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of talent going out of this film. Uh, oh yeah. Director for photography, Alex Thompson. I, I did Excalibur, Alien 3, Labyrinth, and Legend. I mean, okay. yeah. yeah. Uh, of course, Jerry Goldsmith did the music. Um, yep. Jerry Goldsmith, do I need to tell anybody what, they, what he did? <laughs> and then and, Rick Baker. Yeah. Right. Uh, Stan Winston. Stan Winston. Stan Winston, yes. yes. Sorry. Right. Um, yeah. Did the, did the creature and special effects. As far as the cast, we're still going all pretty much A-listers. Uh, yeah. Peter Weller as uh, Stephen Beck. Uh, Richard Creda as Doc Thompson. Amanda Pays as Willie Williams. Uh, Daniel Stern as the Wet Bandit Six Pack. <laughs> um, Ernie Hudson as Justin Jones. Michael Carbine as DeJesus. Uh, Lisa El- DeJesus. DeJesus, yeah. I always yeah. fuck that up. Yeah. Uh, Lisa Elbecker as uh, Bridget Bowman. Uh, Hector Elizondo as GP Cobb. I'm sorry. And Meg Foster as uh, Mrs. Martin, the... CEO of Evil Corp, or yeah, yeah, evil, yeah, yeah, Mistress Evil of Evil Co. Yeah. Yes, yeah, uh, Evil Lid of Evil Co. Yeah, Evil Lid of Evil Co. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. I mean, we're just basically it's uh, best description to this. Like like we said, is kind of like an aliens underwater with a little bit of a thing mixed in. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's so deriv it's so derivative that I, I it wasn't even trying to hide it. Right, like. You know, and I feel like, given that this is the De Laurentiis right. clan, that had to be intentional. But like it wasn't the De like, Laurentiis well, company. It's just the clan. Yeah. The, the, yeah. It wasn't like, you know, when you think, De, you always think of Dino De Laurentiis, uh, D-E-G. Yeah. This wasn't this wasn't them. This was his older brother and his older brother's son, I believe. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, they're apparently everybody in that family is producers, in, you know, in yeah. Italy. Yeah. Um. I, d- I think it's kind of odd, like that. Like I said, this was the first of the wave of uh, underwater films to come out in '89. Um, obviously, The Abyss. Uh, yeah. The Evil Below, uh, Mystery Science Theater classic, uh, Lords of the Deep. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there was another one I can't remember which, uh, but none of them. But Deep, The Abyss. Uh, Deep Deep Star Six. Deep Star Six was yes. also there, which was yes. uh, 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 crap. The Friday the Thirteenth guy there. Sean Cunningham. Uh, yeah, Sean Cunningham. And uh, yeah. Al, uh, was it Albert from uh, Twin Peaks? Was it it? Uh, Miguel Ferrer. 
Yeah. That's all I. That's that's about as much I remember about Deep Star Six. I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've even seen Deep Star Six. Yeah, I've, I've seen out of all of these that you know I've, that they came out that year. I think this is my favorite. Yeah. Um, and I, I I have a theory about all these films, and that's uh, especially this one. Um, obviously James Cameron came out with Terminator, and then he did Aliens, and he spent a long time developing the Abyss. And yes. Making the abyss, it took a lot longer and a lot more money than they thought because shooting wet for wet is expensive, yes, and, and difficult. Um, and I think all these other companies just heard about it. They're like, okay, well, what kind of movie is he making? It's probably going to be Aliens Underwater. <laughs> it's going right. to be, you know, it's like Aliens, Aliens Two. I mean, like not just Aliens, yeah. but yeah. So a lot of these, I think, kind of did their riff on that, and this one especially because. Um, George Cosmatos, you know, did Rambo 2, and um, James Cameron wrote the original screenplay for that. So yeah. I, I feel like they probably knew each other, you know. Um, yeah. Stallone rewrote a lot of Rambo 2. What do you think about yeah. that? Do you think that's probably a pretty good working theory that of how these all got made? I It wouldn't shock me. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, and that's what I mean is that I feel like uh, – that's what I mean is I feel like this movie right. is so is so derivative that it has to be on purpose. Right. Like, um, that but oddly, it's derivative said, of the first Alien. Is that really deliver- yeah. derivative of the Alien? But that's what my point is. It's yeah. only, it's 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 like well, the De Laurentiis you know clan like uh, you know and a lot of the Italian producers right. were 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 like Roger Corman. Yeah. You know yeah. who were like you know who was like well what's the new trend right. make that. And uh, so yeah, and we should say that this exactly is a, right. That this is a good good version of Alien. It's not uh, it's not like you know some of the bad ones we saw a lot of in the. Oh early no, no, yet. it's not like it's not like Lords of the Deep, which uh, which right. uh, the Mystery Science Theater episode in question from uh, season twelve, the right. the, uh, gauntlet, the gauntlet, uh, where where uh, uh, Patton Oswalt basically says it's it's like it's like if James Cameron made Leviathan right. uh, over the weekend with. Uh, with <laughs> Uh, uh, for a twenty-four hour film festival, right? Like you know where? Yeah, this isn't this isn't Bruno Mattai doing it. We actually got yeah behind the camera, but right, and and apparently a ton of it. I mean, like, and and actually, you're you're telling me I didn't look up the screenwriters prior to this, and you're telling me that now makes a lot of the movie make a lot of sense. Yeah, um, because I actually think it's a pretty. I mean, for a for a a cheap alien ripoff, it's extremely well written. Oh yeah, we're gonna get. We definitely want to get into that. Yeah. this um, is, in fact, looking I, at this movie, there's mm, very, there aren't that many flaws in Leviathan, no. and, but I think that well, what flaws there are are huge. Yeah, but there's only a few, uh, and we'll get to that. Right. Um, but uh, but yeah, let's keep talking the positives before we jump into the criticism. <laughs> right? Yeah, like there's I a mean, ton of uh, there's a ton of good to talk about in Leviathan. Yeah, and I mean, like, and, and a lot of that is, you know, we we showed that. There's a great deal of talent behind the camera, and they got pretty much all great character actors to in front of yeah. the camera. I mean, yeah. uh, where do you even start with that? I mean, Richard Crenna, obviously everybody knows him from the Rambo series, but he you know, was doing his thing for probably 30 years at that point. Uh, oh, yeah, Peter, yeah. Peter, Peter Weller, I mean... Robocop, he, yeah. yeah. I mean, he made the the role in Robocop have actual, you know, depth and gravitas to it that maybe wouldn't have been there otherwise, Um uh, yeah, although I think, in all honesty, I think Weller is actually one of the weaker pieces in this movie. Yeah. But 
there are a but, couple of there there are a couple mm-hmm. of spots in this movie where I feel like Peter Weller just like uh, you could kind of tell he's just not that committed, right? And God bless him. But I mean, like you know, I think there in particular yeah, he worked the, with George Cosmatos before, and I can't remember the name of the movie uh, off the top yeah. of my head. Um, but yeah, I feel I feel like there was. I, I don't want to do you know the whole thing where I'm just reading you know IMDb trivia, but there were some problems yeah. making this movie. It, it had some oh, hiccups. Sure. So. He, so there might have been days where he was just like fed up, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. In particular, the scene that comes to mind is, and when I really noticed it was, um, he has that romantic interlude with Amanda Pay as she's been jogging but isn't sweaty for some reason. Right. And she, um, she walks into the room and they, they kind of flirt a little bit over like the wench system, like she knows how to fix it, and he's right. like, you know, I'm trying to fix this thing, and <laughs> they, they're supposed to have like um, chemistry, and I think that they're not even in the same room for some of it. Um, it's which is, I mean, it's one of the things that I, I feel this movie is terribly edited. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just going to put that out there. Like the editing is atrocious for most of this right. film. Um, but, uh, and I think that also comes up to another point where I think the acting is a little bit off and I, mm-hmm. and part of me thinks it's actually like, uh, that it was, it's like they're reacting to something else and it was right. just spliced in. But, like, he, he's supposed to have sort of, like, this romantic scene with Amanda Pays, and he just doesn't seem to really want to be there. Right. And, uh, well, that, and whole, it's, that it, whole romantic angle with her seems kind of really forced because, you know, yeah. it's a movie. We have to have a romance between, you know, the, yeah. the main male and female. So it's like, just, yeah. well, no, sh- they've, they've all got enough yeah. going on. <laughs> Yeah, and if, yeah, and if you made this movie today, there would be like uh, it, there wouldn't be one at all. And in fact, the right. tone of that scene would be entirely different. I wonder. I wonder if there wasn't you know quite a bit of uh, stuff left on the cutting room floor because this is a this is a pretty tight movie. Um, Very. Yeah. What is it? Just under two hours. Um, I could see them being like you know coming in with an edit that's you know two and a half hours. They're like, well, no, it needs to be you know shorter. Um, well, in particular, when we talk about the well, my my my, uh, my thesis on the poor editing, I'm more, I'm more talking about the well, third act because well, it's but 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 we'll get to that. But right. yeah, oh, the other movie that he was uh, Peter Weller was in of uh, George Cosmatos is uh, of unknown origin. Oh, uh, I like that movie. Yeah, that's a that's a weird, crazy movie. Yeah, that was the was that the one where the guy was like trying to kill a rat in his house? Yeah, was, big yeah, rat okay. in his house. Right. Yeah, Peter Peter Weller, his family mm-hmm. goes away for away for the weekend, and there's just a big rat, and he just starts going crazy. Yeah, right. And he can't quite seem to get it. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's such a bizarre film. Right. Um, and uh, but yeah, I, I actually I think uh, it's one of the films that's in storage in in Maine that I'm going to be uh, uh, shipping back in a couple of weeks. Nice. Uh, yeah, I have it on VHS, and it's one of my like prized possessions. I love, I love, I love my. Uh, what part of the reason? Like the, like I, I, I'm going back to Maine to to, to uh, get my stuff out of storage because I moved here about a year ago to Missouri, right. and uh, basically I have to pick and choose what I'm shipping back because I don't have a lot of money. But uh, yeah. I was originally willing to just be like, "Fuck it, I'm just going to get rid of all my stuff." But then stuff like Unknown Origin yeah, is in yeah. that movie collection. And I'm like, no, I got to have that. Like, right. uh, I've got these VHS tapes of all these weird-ass movies that I found at, like, thrift stores and, and uh, when video stores were going out of business. And I'm like, I must have these. And among them right. also is, is Leviathan. I have a VHS copy of Leviathan. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, maybe someday I'll get Peter Weller to sign it or something. But So, so yeah, um, we, got, we got the underwater truckers instead of space truckers. Uh, yes. You know, yep. They're – 
I feel like they probably could have saved a little time in the plot if instead of miners, they were actually just uh, salvage operation, underwater salvage, yeah. where they're just going around and picking apart, yeah. you know, old boats. In, in fact, in fact, yes, you're right. It would definitely save time, and it would actually, uh, I think, make the movie make a little bit more sense. Because yeah. yeah. a lot of the, you know, the shenanigans ensue, first of all, uh, because, uh, what is it, Six Pack, Daniel Stern, yes. is an idiot and wanders off. <laughs> Well, he has an accident. Right. Yeah, he, but he's fooling around. He's not yeah, he's taking seriously. he's fooling around, which caused the accident. And... He causes an accident, and he falls off a little thing, and he finds the derelict ship right. that is basically the derelict ship from Alien. Right. And he finds, you know, instead of an egg, he finds a chest. Yeah. And instead but of he... a chest burster, he finds a flask, and the flask right. has, like, evil mutagen and turns him into a Ninja Turtle Mi- or whatever. Mixed into the, the vodka, because it's a Russian ship, so it has to be Because it's a Russian ship, so of course it was Russian. Yeah, so of course it was vodka. Right. Uh, um, if it were us, they would have put it in the coffee. Yeah. Because <laughs> yep. uh, Americans, we drink coffee. But that was, that was, like, the big thing in the plot that really stuck out to me, of being, you know, just like, why did you... That that's a big leap because okay they're they're eighty seven days into and they're ninety days stint I get that that they're all yeah. tired and they're frayed and you know mm-hmm. uh, even before that we have the we have the false uh, De Jesus uh, has a problem with his breather so they kind of establish the characters quickly in there and I think that's really effective yeah um, to show everybody's roles and to show that you know Peter Weller's not really he's not the president of C Lab but he's he's just in charge because he's in charge, you know, he's, yeah. Yeah. Um, they show that the doctor kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's lazy. Uh, he's complacent. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, they, they show everybody's characters really quick in that way, mm-hmm. but then they have to backpedal and waste, you know, 15 minutes of time to get them to this derelict Russian ship. But like, true. We could have, we could have rode this ball sooner. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think that uh, I think that decision might have ended up benefiting the film because we got to spend a little bit more time with those characters. Right. I mean, and, you but you could have did it in a different way where it didn't depend yeah. on you know, six pack act, you know, acting the fool and you know people not taking their job seriously because this is dangerous work and it kind yeah. of undercuts but it, it undercuts it that they're treating it so blasé when they're actually out of the sea floor. I, I yeah. get when they're back in you know the rec room or whatever acted like jackasses, but you know, they should be like really on, on their game when they're out there because you know, one mistake and you're fucking dead, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they even have the, the text crawl at the bottom of the screen, like, you know, mission classified, uh, major, uh, uh, majorly hazardous or whatever. It's like, Oh, and And they even kind of joking around. And they even talk about, you know, the, the, the old urban legend of a guy getting a hole in the toe of his, you know, deep suit and, getting the pressure pushing his entire body up into the helmet. Yeah, you know? I, I, I you, you said something about that on Facebook. So what are you, what were you talking about? You're, you're oh, talking well, about the legend. Um, I don't know. I don't, don't know. I probably actually just saw it on Mythbusters. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, because they mentioned that when does DeJesus is having his, you know, problem and they're talking about the pressure and, you know, they're just like, you know, the one guy says, oh, you know, I heard about this one guy who had a, whatever I hear, I heard about this one guy. Yeah. I, then I start listening because I, I just love urban legends and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, oh, I heard about this one guy who had a hole in his boot, you know, no bigger than a quarter. And the pressure differential just threw every, you know, just crushed him into his helmet. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, that's 
that's pretty cool. So I went and looked on, online, and they actually had a Mythbusters episode where they did that. Mm-hmm. And it actually happened. Uh, they Oh, really? Okay. They, they, they called him Meat Man. And they, it was probably like ballistics gel and, you know, pig intestines or something. And they put it inside sure. a deep pressure suit and just jacked up the pressure from this one little hole in the boot. Yeah, go look it up online because it, it was pretty it was pretty gory. <laughs> um, oh. It just pushed this whole thing into the suit and popped him, basically. Yeah, yeah. And that's, yeah, and I mean, I think you're right with uh, with, with the scene itself where it's that, they, they, that something that hazardous – uh, I mean, you would take it pretty seriously. Right. And I mean, I get joking around while you're working, but like, you know, at the same time, you know, and, and you're right yeah. though. I mean, it, it shows a lot about the characters because as soon as the Jesus is in danger, right. Everybody tightens and, up. And he's also panicking and, you know, it shows that you you can't panic in that kind of situation, you know, because yeah. calm people live, panicked yeah. people die. And uh, and and it shows um, it like you're right that it does show the inexperience of uh, of um, Beck, yeah. But uh, it also shows um, he keeps calm under pressure, right? You and know, when he has uh, to, even though, and when he has to put his hand on the wheel, he will. Even though he really doesn't do anything, he just kind of right. tells him to stay calm. Yeah. Um, well, what I can you do? Because he's out there. I mean, what, yeah, you know. yeah, I know. But like, I was, I kept saying, like, the scene is like is is showing me something about Beck. But I'm like, what's he, what's he really right. doing? Well, he's, he's waiting on the on doctor the, you know, to get there because he's the doctor should be, yeah, you know, monitoring the situation. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like that's why again one of those situations that I think if Weller had, had turned it up a little bit, the scene may have worked a little bit better. Right. Um, like where he's like, just stay calm to Jesus, and if he had gone across the room and like, dog. Right. What the hell? Like, yeah. you know, that would have, I think that would have shown me like, you know, where he's like, you know, he's telling to Hazer, everything's going to be fine. I got this under control, but really, really needs is the doctor. Right. Um, yeah. uh, and there's just a, a sign up. This is the doc is out. <laughs> right. We never even find out what he was doing. Uh, no. Where... And it had been a while since I'd watched this. Uh, yeah. A long, too. Yeah. long while, probably 15, 20 years. <laughs> oh, my, okay. It wasn't nearly that long for me. I, yeah. it, probably the mid-2000s was the last time I looked, you know, watched it at latest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was expecting the Doctor to be, like, just a, a straight-up ripoff of uh, Ash from Alien, you know? Yeah. Where he's, instead, instead he's, he's secretly in on it. The thing. Yeah. But even not, not even, like, he's he doesn't have the Wilford Brimley freakout, which, you know, would have been cool to see, but I... No, he does it much calm. He does the same thing, but much calmer. Right, but I, I assumed he was like gonna be like you know, especially since they showed that he wasn't there at first. They were talking about him being like you know a failed research scientist and mm-hmm. a guy who's uh, was it vaccine trials got people killed, uh, yeah, stuff like that. So I was among assuming. Apparent, he, uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, I was gonna say um, among among apparent like uh, multiple successes too. Like, right. Apparently, like he's he's like that good a doctor that he's like you know he created. The polio yeah, but, he, vaccine or but he had he had a run of bad luck. It ended up being you know just the ship's doctor, you know, and on the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, um, we're gonna keep I, calling it the ship. Yeah, yeah, but it's not it's not a ship. But no, yeah, it's, it's the sh- the sea lab. I'll call it the sea yeah. lab. Yeah. Um, but I I assumed that he was gonna be it, the one who is actually like you know, right, encouraging the infection to spread so he could study it. He he shows interest in studying it. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But I, I thought he was going to be more hands-on evil, like like Ash the android in, in Alien. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And I was surprised that he wasn't. 
No, he's actually kind of like the secondary hero for most yeah. of the run. Um, and, um, secondary and yeah, he does... to Ernie Hudson because Ernie Hudson is always the hero. <laughs> he's a real hero. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. And a, a great performance for Ernie Hudson too. Oh, yeah. Um, and he, he just, he's, he, I, I wish I knew more about his career prior to Ghostbusters, but he plays like just the working guy who just comes in over, in a situation over his head really yeah. well. Really effortlessly in everything I've seen him do that at. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it is it's, it is it's absolutely way over his head. Right, and he has some great reactions that um, yeah. uh, when like when De Jesus is getting like eaten alive and right. and he's like, he, like right back. Ernie, Ernie Hudson, yeah, but he also like kind of like hugs himself, like yeah. he like wraps his arms around himself, like yeah, he's, he's like scared out of his goddamn. He's mind, scared right? out of his mind, yeah, and he's like he wants to help his friend, but at the same time he's like I'm gonna I'm gonna leave and lock the door, but don't right. worry, I'm coming yeah. back. I'm like, come back with help. Yeah, but uh, you know it's like no, I'm uh, I uh, I'm I'm not coming back. I'm running. Right. Uh, but yeah, and and he's given a, that character has done a grave injustice. Uh, at the end of this film, yeah, we'll I get think. we'll get to that. It's, we'll get to that. But the 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 one the one last scare that didn't need to be there again did not need to be there right. at all. Um, in fact, uh, again, we'll get there. But the yeah. the entire so, ending of this film just doesn't. So, work, but yeah, all right. So so uh, you know, Daniel Stern six pack. He's called six pack because you need a six pack of beer and you to be able to stand big around him. I think. Well, he's um he's number he's number six. Right, I know, but it's and yeah, and so he takes on uh, the name. The he plays an annoying ass character, is what I'm saying. And and uh, yeah. and uh, 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 this movie is not exactly the most sensitive uh, movie in the world no. in any way. But he's in, in particular like you know this is a this is he's a, really a lecherous guy. guy. Yeah, he's yeah. he sexually harasses everybody around him uh, yeah. in a way that probably would have gotten him sent to HR in 1989, which is saying a lot. <laughs> right. Uh, Amanda pays, uh, he's, he's basically like literally in the, in the mess hall scene you were mm-hmm. talking about after De Jesus has survived his, right. uh, his near death. Um, and he's being a complete jerk to De Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but he's like literally like he he smells Amanda Pace's hair yeah, yeah. like three times, and she just kind of like lightly admonishes him. Right. Uh, oh, they've, and, they've uh, also it, been doing this for eighty-seven days. So they've I been mean, doing this for three months. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but like, I mean, how she's, she's how, learned to cope with it in her own way yeah. because she knows she can't throw him out the airlock. Yeah. I, I think is that's how how it goes. And I'm not saying you but should yeah. have to put up with it if you're being sexually harassed. I just think that's how the character arc went. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you get the impression that this is something that I think is muddy in the film? Mm-hmm. Do you get the impression that Beck came in in the middle of this three-month run? Mm. Or do you think he was there at the start? Because he certainly right. doesn't seem like he's, he's the been outsider. there for three months. Yeah, he right. certainly doesn't seem like he's been hanging out with them for three months. I, I feel like he might have been a replacement boss. That's it's possible. There's nothing. In, there's obviously nothing in the text that says that. But no, it's possible. It's very muddy. But it could be. You know, he's the foreman. Yeah, he's the manager of of the crew, and he's a lot of a lot of managers. You know that I've I've worked with over the years are just kind of keep themselves a step removed from the, from the crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of captains I hear, you know, in in the actual navy or the space force or whatever, I think are the same way. <laughs> space force. <laughs> um, where where like the doctor, they're not the the forklift operators. You know they're. Yeah. Um, I, 
I, I do think there's a possibility that he came in late, but I think it's just more like, you know, they see themselves as the worker bees and they have a bond between them, but they see him as the corporation, you know, he's. Well, that's, and that's definitely clear, but what I mean is that there's been like this in the course of this one film, which takes right. place over three days, right. we see a lot of stuff that you think would have happened a month and a half ago. Well, up you know, until like, then it's just been, you know, really boring mining work and yeah nothing of interest probably has happened um other than you know him assigning shifts and you know saying you got to clean this this day or you got to do this this time because it's it's like being on the space station there's there's no off time for the right. for the for the habitat there's always right. something that needs to be taken care of and there's a very very small crew uh, yeah well i mean so like it, uh suddenly there's romantic tension between him and amanda Page right the, yeah the last yeah. three days uh, all this time, he's never yelled at Six Pack. Right. Like, this is the first time he's ever admonished yeah. Six Pack for his behavior. Um, well, I mean, his this behavior is, the first is time. actually dangerous in this situation. Yeah. Um, but this is the first yeah. time Jonesy has ever called him out on not being a good manager. It's it's like I feel like like the, these things would have happened a while ago. Right. I I think that was just just them not thinking through the. It, it's blocking their time. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. It's, or it's just I'm not thinking through the actual nuts and bolts of, you know, okay, well, if they, they're they on day 87 and, you know, they should have already had this conversation. But, you right. know, do we need, you know, 20 minutes? To, if they made this movie today, there would probably be another 45 minutes in the beginning where they show them on day one. They show them on day 15. <laughs> they show, you know, it'll all yeah. be in slow motion. Uh, That's what I mean. Is what I'm talking about is similar to like you said. If like if you if you you could have just saved time if they were a salvage operation. Right. I think you could save time with a single line of "I don't like this new guy." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, this new boss right. isn't isn't the but, same as our old boss. You know, our old boss they, Jack, who was really cool. Right. You know, if they did uh, that, if they did that, um, would that undercut you know the the isolation aspect of it? Maybe. I mean. The whole thing is that they're isolated um, and they keep making, you know, plot contrivances as to why they can't pick them up. And it turns yeah. out to literally be plot contrivances by the end because there's no hurricane. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in in movie lot, plot yeah. contrivance of the evil Lynn character. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's something there. I mean, they, obviously he doesn't click them and it doesn't seem like no. he wants to be there. He doesn't seem like he likes any of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, like you're saying, you know, he like he's never had to tell Doc to do his fucking job before. You know, he's never had to right. yell at six pack. Uh, yeah, if you start picking at it, I, I can see, I can definitely see that. Yeah, I just, I just feel like there's a, there's a, there's, there seems to be a, a, a rookie element to him that, and they do establish that he's not like one of them. I mean, they establish right. he's a geologist. Yeah. They're all miners. Right. Um, and he's his job. Yeah, they could have put something in there where, like, you know. He wasn't even supposed to be the leader. Like he was there the whole time, but he was just the geologist. So his job was basically to look at a map, but he was, you know, working separately yeah. from all these people. And then maybe like the actual commander of of C Lab, you know, is like took ill or had a heart attack or whatever. Yeah. He you know? fed he fed he fed Turtle Boy some peanuts. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, yeah. it, but I, I feel like there's a, an underlying current of a, of like like he's like we see him like reading like the five minute manager. Right. You know, he picks up a book and I'm like, I feel like I'm like, he, I, I feel like this character got, got there three weeks ago. 
right? But they I never mean, really establish the timeline yeah, there. I don't really understand like why the astronaut girl is there. I mean, other than she wants to know what it's like to live in, in, in space. I don't know. Well, I thought that I thought the idea was that was her career mobility, uh, or upwardly mobile career that she right. had started here and was going to move her way up to because I, I feel like training. I I'll be honest. I don't think her character really worked at all or was necessary. Um, they could have easily given you know her stuff to somebody else and mm. not made much of a difference in the plot. Other than they showed that she you know they did a good job setting up what each person knows how to do and like even in that scene where there's supposed to be sexual tension but there is none. You know she's showing that she can fix the machine. Yeah. Uh, she can do things. Um, yeah. But. Yeah, she didn't really seem to jive very well with the rest of the crew in that regard either. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, I love Amanda Pays, and um, right. uh, if you and the geeky among us uh, remember for her from the Flash, uh, the nineteen ninety Flash, right? Which she would have made like a year or two after this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah um, with John Wesley Ship, and uh, but I mean, like, uh, and I think. She's good, and like I said, like sometimes I think the editing is weird because I feel like like her, like I, I for example, like she there's a scene where she's like crying in a shower right. after um after Bowman's death, mm-hmm. and then but but when they tell her Cobb is dead, she looks like they just told her like they're that the only soda left in the machine is like Sierra Mist, right. Like, yeah. she's like, you know, she just kind of is like, okay, I have no reaction to that. <laughs> right. Like, you know, like, I'm mildly disappointed that and, there's only and, Sierra Mist yeah. left in the uh, in the machine. <laughs> and and, and while like, the stakes are raising and everything's going worse. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, there's basically just three of us left. And she's like, right. oh, that's that's disappointing, I guess. Right. Uh, but like I said, I feel like almost it's like a shot of her reacting to something else. And they right. just put it in there. Um, <laughs> and I still think my favorite thing in this movie is that she apparently does not sweat. <laughs> um, she's jogging like half the movie, right. and we see her like wipe nothing off yeah. of her neck with uh, with a rag. And I'm like, this woman doesn't sweat apparently. Like, and and right. you can tell they at least they at least had her like run her hands through her hair to like right, look a little right. tousled. But like, um, like but yeah, especially like, you know being there, like you'd be sweaty all the time, even if you just sit there. That's you know? another thing that's weird about this movie is that there's so much concept about uh, a conceptual idea about pressure, right? Uh, to the point where literally a plot point in the last act is like we have to get off the we have to get off the ship before it implodes from the right. pressure, uh, and there's no there's no pressure, like there's no sweat, there's no tight uh, tight close-ups, no tight uh, no tight spaces. Right. Um, it's such a weird thing to 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 focus your film on this idea that like, and 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 the characters are all under pressure, but there's nothing yeah, right, to visually right. stimulate it, and it's yeah. it's 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 a very bizarre choice. Yeah, and um, even even like you know the the corridors are mostly shot in regular movie style work. Where you know it's not like I don't know Hunt for Red October or Das Boot, where they're actually showing you know the space is confining. You know, it's yeah. there's actually some wide open spaces in there that you wouldn't really see in this sort of yeah. operation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know the room where they the room where they suit up is huge. I mean. Yeah. Which it probably would be. It would but be I mean, big. Like, I mean, there's a lot of yeah. unused, utilized space in that room. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 uh, it, I, like I said, I think this movie is is sometimes is just confused. Right. Um, as strong as it is, and as strong as everybody yeah. involved with it is, I feel like there's just something is not quite connecting. Um, 
Well, let's talk. Bit. Let's talk about one of the positive things of uh, yeah, yeah, the the film and the writing uh, for the film is that um, it's really easy in movies like this, and even Alien and the Thing are are guilty of this on occasion. There's not any real dumb character choices that are made just because the plot says that a dumb character choice needs to be made right now. No, as much crap as I give Six Pack for acting the fool down on the ocean floor and you know then running into trouble. Um, there's not really any like you know mistakes really that the the crew's making here. Um, no, no, and they take the threat very seriously immediately. Yeah, I and, mean the, uh, the only because I was I was actually tracking you know how they thought about this threat as I was watching it the second time, and like the first half of the movie they're treating it like it's a pathogen. Yeah, and makes perfect sense. And then they flush mm-hmm. the body out, and they're like, okay, the problem solved. It, again, makes sense. Like, yeah, you know. We see that there's an arm that that comes that that escaped, but yeah. they'd have no reason to think that an arm would cause them any trouble, even if it did. And they'd yeah. already left at this point and figured that it was taken care of. Um, yeah, it'd be really easy to have them, you know, do stupid things like even in you know the first Alien. One of the things that people always talk about, and myself included, is well, if you want to just listen listen to Alan Ripley at the beginning and put this guy into quarantine, your problem right. would you know would have been solved. There's not even a moment like that in this. It's just they're all trying no, to make the, the decisions. But the cl- yeah, the closest you've got is when they're going to dump the body. Right. Uh, DeJesu says they're alive. I can feel them moving. Uh, right. Which is it? Which is again? It's a mistake made by two leadership position members yeah. who decided not to let their crew it, in it, on it's the an story. Yeah. yeah, it's an in-story mistake instead of you know yeah. the characters acting stupid for a scene because we need the plot to happen. Do you think uh, do you think Captain Dallas is acting stupid in that scene? I always felt like he's just acting like a person. No, I'm saying uh, I'm saying I'm saying a lot of movies yeah. would just have people make dumb decisions to keep the plot mm. moving. And oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and Alien did. I mean, that. Alien did have that. I mean, Alien had right. Veronica Cartwright. Right. You know, um, and Alien was also something. And Alien was also kind of making a commentary on you know how nobody listens to the women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Indirectly or directly. Um, but yeah, like even a horror, you know, slasher movie is like, oh no, everyone's dying. Let's all split up. They don't right. do shit like that. They they use the buddy system because they have to get more than one thing done at once. But in fact, the one time somebody goes to break it, they literally are like, "What are you talking about? Right. Don't do yeah. it." Right. Yeah, Doc Doc goes off to tell them, "I'm I'm launching the escape pods, and right. that way the creature can't escape." Um, yeah, the, and they're the like, you, and, a- and the other characters tell him. But you can't go out there without without a weapon, without one of us. Like, we have to stay right. together. Like, they yeah, literally but, tell him that. And one of the other times where it's close to being, you know, a silly decision is is where Ernie Hudson doesn't immediately leave, you know, the med bay because he's conflicted about it. Yeah. Um, you know, that that could be seen as a dumb decision, but it's it makes sense. It works for the character and it works in the scene because, you know, what do you do in that situation? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, and it's it's a it's a situation that er, that you see the wheels turning in Ernie Hudson's right. performance, where he's he's literally thinking this through in right. a panicky sort of way. Yeah, but and, um, and the only reason he's in that position is because you know it's they were using the buddy system, and his buddy was you know unfortunately he drew the short straw in that situation. His buddy yeah. was the thing, or what yeah. you know whatever you want to call. Well, it. they they, oh, he they run didn't into know. It. Yeah, yeah. They they didn't know they they weren't using buddy systems yet. He was oh, that's just right. Because going... this was after they this was when they still thought the thing with the problem was taken care of. Yes, and it popped out and attacked him when they were just hanging out. That's right. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, that's uh, another, or, that's another scene right before the, right before this happens. I thought it was a nice moment because they had that big. Uh, Ernie Hudson freaks out when they were having yeah. you know the dinner after all this happens, and he throws uh, De Jesus's puzzle on the floor, and you know just yeah. in a very childish manner. And Ernie Hudson goes back and apologizes. Yeah, he comes <laughs> back with the with the puzzle. Yeah, with the puzzle, he's and like, says, "You're gonna make me put this together yeah. myself." Uh, how often do you see that in a movie? Yeah, <laughs> very rarely. Or especially like a horror action movie, you know? It's... Yeah, yeah. For the character yeah. to be like, look, that I was really that surprising. Line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that was a line. Here's a here's a gesture of friendship. Yeah, and um, that kind yeah, of just... that, that should goes to illustrate how they've all been able to cohabitate for eighty seven yeah. days. Yeah, we get the idea that even uh, other than maybe six pack, they yeah. all more or less like each other. You know, in a yeah. coworker you know, friendly kind of way. Well, I, th- I think they like six pack too, but he's the, he's the class cut up, you know? It's just, yeah. And he can be, he can be a nuisance. Yeah. And he knows he can be a nuisance, you know I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Bowman, Bowman doesn't certainly doesn't seem to mind him that much. Right. right. Um, you know, he seems to be more of a, more of a jerk specifically to De Jesus and, uh, and right. Willie. Yeah. Um, and, and back, but you know, everybody's kind of starts off at that. Point with Beck. Yeah, everybody. Was he, the one, he was. Was he the one that was called a Becky at first? Yes. You know, yeah. if you call me Becky one more time, uh, right. uh, you know, there's going to be a problem. Yeah. Um, and then DeJesus, after he, uh, man, after uh, Beck proves his worth by going out right. with them on the last day, because Six Pack is uh, is is dying. Right. Um, you know, he tells, uh, which is another nice moment. Mm-hmm. Where they're talking about like we're not going to make quota, we're going to we're going to make half shares, we're going right. to you know we're not going to make our money, and then he shows up and says I'm going to work, right. uh, and they're like you know he's like nope six pack really is sick, but I'm going to sub in, right? You know I'm going down there with you, uh, and that it makes them all respect him. Yeah, and suddenly he's one of them. It, um, that's all he had to do, you know, thirty days earlier or sixty days earlier is help them out one day and show that he could actually do the well, work, and they probably well, would have. I'll tell you nothing. It's a it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a manager out there and you're listening yeah. to this, jump jump in and help your damn people. That's They'll right. like you a lot more. Yeah, um, you, know, you got to take that mindset of you know I'm not going to ask anybody else to do something I won't do. Exactly. And that that caused me to have to clean out a lot of shit covered bathrooms in my day, but uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I so, told you I had a yeah. I had a, a a night from hell the night before we were supposed to do this, and I had to call my boss in, and he, he right. begrudgingly eventually came in. Um, but uh, but the other guy, the the supervisor, I was texting right. was like, I would go, but I was I'm literally two and a half hours away. Right by the time like I and, but but yeah. but the, he was like I but he was like, well, he, he said was there was literally. a hurricane right and there the waves yeah. were too, too much <laughs> yeah. No, the, the supervisor the supervisor was totally willing to come in, but co- but actually literally couldn't. Right. Versus the manager who could but didn't want to. Right. And eventually he came in after enough people gave him a hard time. Then he came in. Right. Um. But but so but I mean so yeah it it goes and now I don't respect him anymore. So you know that's my point. Right. Is Beck. Uh, I'm 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 projecting a little bit. I think. No, that's. But that's, but, uh, that, but yeah, but I noticed that as well. About the same thing, you know, where it's. Yeah. That's why I pointed out that he could have did that 60 days ago and, you know, saved himself a lot of hassle. Right. right. <laughs> but maybe, but, like you, you said, know, he's, he's a new recruit, maybe. You know, he maybe, maybe just, maybe he just came in. Yep. But yeah, this is the, but, you know, he proves he proves that he's one of them. He's proved he's capable right. of being a manager that they respect. Right. And then when, when shit hits the fan, they're willing to, like, work with him. 
right. and follow his lead. Yeah, um, that could have made a really frustrating movie if the whole second half is people not wanting to listen to him. Exactly. And even, you know, it, I can totally see it going that way because, you know, when they're throwing the, those bodies out, you know, everybody's like, those bodies are still moving. And they never really fully explain it, do they? To, I mean, we don't need to be explained to because we're the audience, but I don't feel like there is a scene where he said, look, you know, this is why the body was moving. You know, they talk about what they it is They cut away bit. after after it's done. They, they, cut, they eventually cut away to uh, – they, 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 there is a scene where they have Doc saying, so that's the story. Right. I do remember that, like Doc saying, so this is, what you know, it's the end of his conversation. Right, right. That's where true. Where he does that's say, yeah. yeah, where he does say, like, and so that's where we are, you know, and. Right. Um, and again, it's a, it's, a, it's a movie that's actually taking the time to show that, you know, communication does actually help <laughs> instead yeah. of. Instead of making fact, a plot only, where, you know, everybody's not talking to each other because reasons. Yeah. Again, the only character who does who deliberately goes out of his way to not is Doc. Right. And it's because he's pulling a uh, he's he's pulling Wolfer Brimley in the thing. Right. Uh, where he's sabotaging the mission to he's he's uh, as he pointed out, he's doing what the Russians did. They torpedoed yeah. the ship to keep the uh, infection in bed. And it turns out that the, uh, you know, evil corp is was also trying to do the same thing. I mean. They were, were they? Yeah, I, I always was. Yeah, because they had already released a statement that everybody had died in a, in a terrible, tragic accident. Yeah. Um. So I don't, I don't think they had any intention of coming down there and trying to get them. Which you know, right before they they said that, I had written down, you know, goddamn Umbrella Corporation, because <laughs> right. I, I right. assumed they were going to come down there and try to you know, get the mutagen or whatever. And it turns right. out that they were no. No, I thought like, that was. They were washing the thing. I mean, no, yeah, I guess you're right. I, for whatever reason, I, it was just in my head. Maybe it's because, because it's, it maybe seems because like the thing that would happen in a movie like this. Yeah, and I think, and I think that's exactly it. Now that I think about it, I'm like, yeah, I think you're right. That yeah, they right. probably actually were trying to just contain it. But uh, but yeah, for whatever reason, just my mind immediately just was added up right. two plus two and came up with four, which was that you know Paul Reiser was one. actually trying to get it. Yeah. Right, right. That uh, that uh, that uh, uh, Lady Evil wanted right. the mutagen for the that the because it made sense to me because like Richard Crenna talks about like why Doc why, uh, talks about why they might have made the mutagen in the first place, which is like you know imagine the possibilities of creating a race right. of fish people. Right. And I was like that. I thought that that for whatever reason, I guess. So I guess I just put it. it connected and, it in my and mind that, struck that me evil as the co- sort of thing that a crazy person would say but i'm like uh but also i'm watching this movie so it probably is what what happened <laughs> but yeah well, that's what i mean is about that i had i had put it in my mind that evil co wanted the mutagen so they could do make better sea miners right and they were like well well we can create a race of of aquaman who will, and who's uh, to who say that that mine. wasn't their long-term plan you know they might have just yeah. decided that they were going to wait until they were all dead so it's it's easier yeah, well, that's that's what I mean. Is that's right. what that's what I had connected in my head was the idea is that they were like, we'll kill everybody who knows anything about it, right. and then we'll get the creature and we'll figure out how to mutate people into fish people. Right. Which of course I mean, is the short type of short sighted goal Evil Co would have, which is you know right. much like Alien, which never really made sense to me why the Xenomorph yeah. was was wanted as for biological weapons. I'm like. Well, that's or they, like they, Jurassic World with like right. you know like uh, Vincent D'Onofrio being like Velociraptors would make great soldiers like no they would <laughs> right. you don't are, well, is anybody using lions to fight right. wars right well, that's, now you, that's always you know, you know I, I 
the conspiracy theorists are always like, you know, oh, well, COVID-19 is a biological weapon. It's like, there, there's a very good reason why we, people don't use biological weapons. Yeah. They, they do not discriminate. It, it, like you're saying, yeah, we can't release lions on people or xenomorphs because how do you control them? Right. And it's the same thing with, with something like this. You know, it's... Yeah. We'll no. be like, well, we'll create a race of sea. We'll create a race of Aquaman and be like, well, what's stopping? What's going to stop your super Aquaman from just killing right. all of you? Like, right? You know, yeah. Do you think these, you know, mer people would actually want to work for right this this corporation doing that job? Yeah. Um, Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos creates right. a race of Superman and says, "Work for me," and then you think they're not going to break him in half? <laughs> right. Like, you know, it's exactly. like, hey, you know. It's but, like uh, it's yeah. It's like you know, much Justice like, League ends with uh, with Superman taking a job at Amazon. Like, what the hell would he take a right, job at but, Amazon? But much like with the thing, um, you know that there's still that problem left open in the future because you know somebody's going to go down there and try to salvage you know the Sea Lab or whatever, and yeah. somebody's going to well, follow that's up. That's a question on it. for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that attacks Ernie Hudson at the very end of the movie. Right. Do you think it's the same one that was in the base, or do you think it's the one they dumped outside? Because there's two. Uh, right, right, right. And I'm wondering if there's just another one like running around down down in the ocean, the Atlantic Ocean, slowly growing bigger. I hadn't like, I hadn't considered that, but yeah, but I mean, there's no reason why why there there wouldn't be one outside yeah. as well. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. I can't tell. I, I, I'm not sure because, like I said, the, the third act There's, of this movie is right. is, is so mess. poorly edited. Yeah. yeah, it's an absolute mess that uh, I'm not certain if it's the one if they kill if they were considered to have killed the one that was in the base with them. And the one that attacks at the end is the one that was left of the other bodies. Right. Yeah, um, it's never it's never clear. I mean, you it's never, never really, clear no. because, I mean, they get out. Right. Why couldn't the creature? Uh, but at the same time, I think they, they I, now that I think about it, I think the suggestion is supposed to be the base collapses under the pressure, kills that monster, mm-hmm. and then they forget that they had tossed another monster out the front door. And that's Could the be. one that attacks. Um, but I mean, either way, it's it's much like, you, but much like we it's... talked about when we talked about the thing, right. which is the idea that um, there's no way you can guarantee you killed all of it. Right. You know, and if this thing can replicate from one severed arm into an I don't, entirely another, species. I don't think they thought far enough ahead to to no. really. Cons- I, I don't mean to say that in a dismissive way of the film because I think it's an excellently done, you know, alien knockoff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't think they were thinking that far ahead. They just, you know, knew that there needed to be one more monster attack at the end, and to not because have they forgot, they forgot the guys they forgot <laughs> to kill the black man. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but they also could. They didn't have their, you know, big uh, Jaws moment or you know, Ellen Ripley yeah. moment or whatever. That's the other. Know. That's the, the something the we, movie becomes Jaws at the we, very end of the we movie. We paid to see a monster, you know, attack people, and you need to kill the monster at the end, one way or the other. And to do it by crushing, you know, an underwater base is one of the least cinematic ideas ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I get why they did that. And I guess the people were on set were, I can't remember exactly who, but not everybody liked the idea of killing Ernie Hudson, but uh, the director insisted on it because mm. he wanted to, to have still have stakes. I'm like, it's too late for stakes. The movie's done. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Wait, wait, why are there sharks? Right. There suddenly are sharks. And my theory is, and maybe, maybe there's something on the IMDb trivia. I don't know. Maybe you've, you've read something about this, but my theory is that sharks just literally showed up. They were shooting in the ocean, 
Could be. And being a, being a De Laurentiis, they were like, we're using it. No, they, they shark showed in, up. No, they didn't shoot in the ocean because uh, Ernie Hudson oh. can't swim. They were in a five foot tank. Oh, so they just brought in sharks. Yeah. Because for no reason. For no reason. Because sharks. Okay. Because uh, I, I think I think some some Italian guys were like, well, you know, we need to have a reason to get them out of the water quick. It's yeah. like, well, not the the. The hypothermia of drowning is still a thing, right, guys? Yeah. It's a very weird ending. And it's very, it's a, that's where I think the movie becomes a dumb movie. Yeah. Well, I think and, it becomes a dumb movie before that. I think once it's down to, mm-hmm. after Cobb's death right. and Doc's death, um, what we have left is is we have uh, Beck, Williams, and, uh, and Jonesy. Right. Uh, our last and three they, characters, and they do this like sped up version of you know the third act of Alien, or, or yeah, the thing. where they're trying to get out, and like all of a sudden the like, ship's falling apart for no that's, reason. That's and, why like, I think I, I think this movie got screwed to, for time. Um, yeah, I, I really do feel like the last act of this movie is just you know them like okay we got to wrap this up now. Yeah. <laughs> you know that's what I mean is that the editing is so hacked to pieces that right. it's like it, and you can tell it, it's bad ADR. Right. Like they're like but, yelling but stuff like "Take my hands!" Like, like that. You know. the first half of the movie is yeah, is well exactly. paced, you know, better edited. Uh, it's not, it's not, you know, going to win an Oscar, but yeah. it's not a mess. Um, like, no. like the third act is. Yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, and they're literally like, you know, uh, saying out loud what's happening. Right. You know, like they're like, you know, like the door is closing. Like, yes, right. we can see that movie. Uh, like you, you can tell it's just sort of bad ADR and like the editing is really choppy and then they get out of there and then like there's right. there's sharks for some reason <laughs> and then because God they, damn fly, it, they fire two flares instead of one right well I and did then a like monster shows up and eats I did like Hudson. that I did like that it was two flares in that one because I, for some reason yeah. like that would have irked me if like there was just already a helicopter right there. <laughs> yeah. See, I uh, still feel like there should have been one. They should have been like, we have one flare, and then the monster shows up, and they shoot it with the flare, and the monster blows up, and then the right. Coast Guard sees it. Uh, in my mind, if I if I were making Leviathan today, if I were to remake Leviathan, Beck would die holding off the monster in the uh, in the in the shack, right? Uh, and and Williams and Jonesy would get to the surface. And then the idea was they would be up there and then the monster would come and Jonesy would attempt to do what he did in the movie, which was, right. you know, save yourself. He really yells that out. He's like, just save yeah. yourselves, white folk. You know, right. like, I, I, uh, I don't, I don't so mind. Stupid. I'm, yeah. I'm a black man. It's cool. Um, right. I'll, fa- I'll fight off the monster while you escape. Um, don't worry. I'm not that invested in my life, apparently. <laughs> um, I'm more invested in your safety than my own at this point. Right. Um, Right, and I mean, and we already got enough of a Jonesy cares now arc, right? That uh, I I really don't think it was necessary for him to be like I'm gonna go punch the monster in the face so <laughs> you guys can get away. Right, like I mean, I mean and that's what I mean is that that it no, also since you you set that up with Beck, right? With Beck's like get in the suits, and they're both telling him don't. What are you doing? And Jonesy right. literally says, "Don't be an idiot." And like, and Beck's yeah. Like, then all of a sudden they the switch. They switch roles at the end because you know yeah. we can't we can't kill Peter Weller because we need him we to can't punch a lady Weller. in the face. Yeah, for no reason. And that's what I mean. Is if I were making this movie today, it would be like Peter Weller dies there. Right. They go up. Uh, they fight, and the monster shows up. They use the flare to blow up the monster. The Coast Guard sees them, and the last scene would be instead of punching uh, uh, Lady Evil, it would right. be like Lady Evil is giving them a choice of like you know. Uh, tell the truth of what happened down there and potentially risk everything or sign this like $3 million agreement. 
Right. And it would be like, you know, and, and leave it ambiguous because, you know, or, or, or is, uh, is evil lady from evil co going to like, uh, uh, disappear them. Right. Um, right. you know, uh, but I, I think that, uh, and I would have had, I also you know, feel like, you know, the evil co lady, uh, you know, I love Meg Foss. Meg Foss. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, does she really need to be a character in this? I mean, no, I, I think she works very well as just like the uh, as the the woman on the on the TV screen who's not invested. Right. Yeah, but I mean, it could have yeah. been easily. You know, they could have worked all of her scenes into that one scene where you know Doc is is on the computer surfing the the Internet of twenty twenty seven in the in the way that the Internet yeah. of nineteen eighty nine looked like. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. could have I maybe they were afraid it was going to come off too alieny if if if. He just spent the whole time getting his orders from you know what was the computer mother or yeah mother, yeah. yeah but uh, especially since her things all felt like they were added in later um, other than obviously where she gets punched in the face yeah um, you know it all feels like it could have been just cut completely uh, hmm. I would, I did look up who the the editors are and really there's nothing remarkable on either there were two editors in this yeah. Um, uh, one of them was an Italian guy, uh, so maybe that was who had to come in and shorten it. Uh, but neither of them really have anything remarkable yeah. on their resume. That yeah, you know, that's what I mean. Is there's were, there's a yeah. lot of stuff that I feel like is either is either put in out of place right. or has had a lot of stuff hacked apart. Right. Um, and like I said, like uh, like so much of the third act, it just occurred to me how much of like if it's just like very obvious ADR. Right, uh, and all the ADR is is them describing what they're doing in the scene. You yeah, know, it almost like, it almost reminds me of like you know a later later era canon film where like all of a sudden they're like we are out of budget and time, yeah. uh, so we need to wrap. You know, yeah, yeah, um, um, because and it's unfortunate because uh, like we 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 talked about, I feel like um, everything we've like we talked is great. I mean, yeah, and much like we talked about with April Fool's Day, I think we've got a, a set of characters who are are are. are uh, eminently believable. Right. Um, I totally believe these people are, are like are, are real characters. Mm-hmm. I really think I understand who they are. They've, we understand their relationships with each other. Uh, we get the idea. This is, this is a very, very solid representation of the workforce. Yeah. You know, like this is what it's like working with people. Right. Sometimes you like them. Sometimes you don't. Um, you know, when you work with people long enough and you right. have shorthand, but also at the same time, you know, things about them bug you and maybe you don't right. get along. Uh, we haven't really talked about Cobb yet, who's my favorite character. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I love I, Hector Elizondo. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, he's an older guy who knows right. the contract inside and out. He's he's quoting it constantly. Right. Um, but you got to have somebody says, who who's the union rep. I mean, that's you know they they flat out say that. You know, he's basically the the union guy. And, yeah. Right. Yeah, he cites precedent the whole movie. Um, and it's a, and it's just a really fun character, and he's another, uh, he's just another character who I think, um, like they talk about that. The, there's your, there's your kind of maybe it's stupid, maybe it's not moment where mm-hmm. Ernie Hudson runs out and asks Cobb to watch the door. Right. The haze is in there, and when he comes back, the door has been busted open, and Cobb runs out with a with a a gigantic bone saw. Right. Uh, what that thing's oh, function what, was on that the was ship. A, well, I mean. Again, they're doing mining, so I get that. Um, yeah, the yeah. the giant the giant weird chainsaw bone saw things. Uh, the one yeah. that did make sense to me is the uh, 
the huge flamethrowers. Yeah, why, why do they have flamethrowers? Yeah. Uh, the last thing you want on a ship or an underwater base or on a space station is fire. Uh, and yeah, open I can't flames, imagine, yeah. I can't imagine they're useful for mining in any way. <laughs> no. I was really trying to figure no. out what that what, – because the rest of them, yeah, like they could be used for cutting, you know – and what are they mining, silver? There's silver, silver and other precious metal. Right. Yeah. Uh, again, I think this would have made more sense if they would have had it be uh, a wrecked ship salvaging crew because, you know, they're basically got tools that, you know, could be useful in that situation, like giant, you know, axes and, and jaws of life kind of things, yeah. you know. Yeah. And then a flamethrower <laughs> because you got to have a flamethrower. You got to have a flamethrower. Yeah. Like, aliens would come in case out a monster open, yeah, yeah, break glass and yeah. take flamethrower. That's just how this yeah. works. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I've. <laughs> I've never seen uh, any job site they could think of that has a flamethrower. And like uh, they didn't even. It looked so big and cumbersome. Like how do you? How would you even use this? <laughs> literally, like literally, only only Jonesy can carry this. Right. Can carry this device. Um, but uh, but yeah, yeah. And speaking, uh, that's I I wanted to kind of talk about that a little bit too. As mm-hmm. I was talk, as I mentioned earlier, this isn't the, exactly the most sensitive. No. Of films um, where uh, I think both DeJesus and uh, and Jonesy are like one stereotype away from being offensive in this right. film. And they, they just they stop just shy of it. What, what I think uh, that keeps it just shy of it is that they give them enough, you know, other character traits yeah. to, to make up for it. Like, you know, uh, DeJesus is obsessed with going going back to land and going skiing. And they yeah. even make a joke about, you know, there's nobody in Spanish Harlem skis. But, I mean, it's yeah. a character trait, something that makes him yeah. more rounded yeah. out, more believable. You know, it's yeah. the kind of stupid thing you would think about if you're stuck underwater for yeah. six, 90 days, you know? Yeah, but I kept thinking the whole movie, I'm like, okay, DeJesus is one, like, switchblade or, <laughs> right. calling, or calling somebody pendejo right. uh, from being an offensive stereotype. And, uh-huh. uh, and, uh, and I kept, like like expecting Ernie Hudson to say, let me ask you something, you know? And I'm like, please don't say it, Ernie Hudson. Yeah. And Ernie I Hudson's didn't... like, and I think it's, I really feel like it's performance. I feel like mm-hmm. the actors right. are like, I'm uh, are looking at their script and saying, this is a little bit too, and so they're pulling it back. See, I didn't really think other than, you know, at the end, they have to kill the black guy. Uh, I didn't yeah. really think that uh, Ernie Hudson played a very, uh, stereotypical performance for for a black man. Uh, some of the people say some stereotypical black, like you know, uh, uh, Becky. You know, says don't call me cracker. To uh, yeah, to, was it to Jesus or Jonesy? I can't remember which, but he's. I think it was Jonesy, right? Yeah. Uh, oh no, it was DeJesus, Yeah. Okay. But he said he said it when he was walking past Jonesy. He said it right. to DeJesus walking yeah. past Jonesy. But, you know, maybe it's just because Ernie Hudson was playing, you know, Ernie Hudson in an yeah. Ernie Hudson role. And it didn't – because it could have been easier to have him, like, you know, really freak out in a very over-the-top way during, you know, DeJesus' death scene. But he plays it a little more subtly. Like you said, you know, he's he's hugging himself and, you know, is trying yeah. to figure out what the hell to do. Right. Wait, yeah. You know, is, I, there, is there something I should be doing right now? Yeah. It could have been written in a, in a much more stereotypical fashion where he's like, oh, Lord, no. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm not yeah, going to could have been I'm not gonna go into that. But, yeah, yeah, he could have been LL Cool J from DMC. Right. You or, know, like, yeah. oh, Lord, Jesus, I swear, yeah. stop drinking. You know, like, right. You know, yeah. Uh, like, wow. What a racist performance that was. Yeah. Uh, well, Deep I, Lucy. 
we we yeah. i just i just did one too so we're we're even um sorry yeah. guys we were trying to yeah yeah we're mocking it uh, but yeah yeah uh, but i know i was talking about yeah, deep blue sea but yeah it's a pretty racist performance but right um but yeah you're right like you know it could have been like the old feet studio stuff thing right. from like the 1940s but yeah uh but yeah i mean like that's what i mean is i feel like ernie hudson's playing it so is playing it so real right. that it maintain it manages to, to it smooths to, over that stuff yeah it pulls and, back from right. I think what otherwise might have become a, a big dumb black male role, right? Um, yeah, and even you know, the Jesus, uh, you know, Michael Carmine, you know, he's sadly he died I think a couple years after this, uh, but he was a great character right. actor who you know put humanity into everything that he did, yeah. and his performance of this is you know even when it gets close to that line, it's it's believable. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, he, it, he he plays it very earnestly. It doesn't yeah. feel like a white guy writing, you know, somebody who grew up in Spanish Harlem. It just feels like a guy who grew up in Spanish Harlem. Yeah. The way he plays it. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Is I feel right. like it's performance. Um, yeah. Even though and the characters, I think, are well written. I think you know, that they, editing uh, as, editing aside, it's 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 the good it's the melding of you know talent behind the camera, good writing, mm-hmm. director who knows what he's doing, you know, all this stuff, yeah. and. God damn it, they got, you know, such a cast together for this thing. Yeah, absolutely. That, you know, other than Peter Weller, I mean, it's not a, it's not an expensive cast. They're all, you know. No. You no, know, no, I don't Peter think Peter Weller Hudson was, was pretty popular out. at the time, you know, because of Robocop. Um, yeah. Came out two years earlier. Um, you know, but we're not talking, you know, they didn't, you know, spend all their money on a Tom Cruise or. No. Who the hell, who was Tom Cruise at the time? Was it still Tom Cruise at that time, I think? In '89, I yeah. think so. He Whatever may have been. you know, Patrick yeah. Swayze. They didn't get spend twenty million dollars to get Patrick Swayze. Right. <laughs> right. They they used their money wisely and got a bunch of really strong character actors to really play all the roles. Yeah, and we're used to seeing movies where you get a couple of good character actors, you know, around the edges, and then like a Tom Cruise or a Patrick Swayze, and yeah, it just shows what you, how much more you can do with that kind of cast. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, so yeah so we're up at the uh, we're on the one hour mark. You have any uh, final thoughts you want to share on Leviathan? Um, no, I think that's I I, I do think that uh, you you said we said the third act was bad and then the last couple of minutes are even worse. I mean it's just yeah. Yeah. Ernie Hudson dies. Uh, say ah, motherfucker, because you have to yeah. have an action line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then an he, action line. Then, that's, then that's the last the shot of the of movie jaws. is him punching out a woman. And then you have this weird, like, upbeat action song for over yeah. the credits. Uh, yeah, Jerry Goldsmith does right. a very big ac- uh, swelling action theme for. The yeah, when the rest yeah. of his the rest of his music for this was really great. It used a lot of electronic music. It it worked whale mm-hmm. song into it. I mean, and then yeah. all of a sudden there's this big like thing that you feel at the end of a Spielberg movie that doesn't fit. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's that's like what I had. the the whole third act really does feel like. Right. Uh, it does feel like they, they I was actually going to say that actually now that you say that the third act uh, while they're trying to escape the place feels very uh, James Cameron uh, right. by way of someone who's pretending to be James Cameron right like you know like we're gonna we're gonna throw a lot of water suddenly mm-hmm. out of pipes uh, <laughs> we're gonna have uh, scaffolding falling 
Right. Uh, it's very industrial looking. Sparks are flying. And, and yeah, you uh, have Ernie, to have... Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson's able to uh, to prop open a closing emergency door with his right. body, um, yeah. and still and still yell, uh, uh, and still be able to speak. And right. like you know, and he holds that thing open for like seven minutes, and it's like yeah. it's like you know. But but those parts those parts I can look past because like I you know again you're doing a action sci fi horror monster movie. Yeah. you have to eventually give you know the audience what they came to see uh yeah. but yeah it's just once they get out of the once they get out of the 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 c lab uh just no just turn it off you're done <laughs> yeah what do you think of, what do you think of the monster in this movie anyway but one last thing before we uh, i i like it but uh i don't think that the people making the movie knew how to shoot it effectively See, yeah, I, I think I agree. I but, think that uh, there are certain scenes where this movie, I think this monster looks great, and then other times where yeah. it looks awful. I, I, I watched a little bit of, you know, Stan Winston Studios people talking about making the monster, and they basically showed him a bunch of, like, you know, pictures of sea creatures and, you know, a bunch of pictures of, like, a human anatomy, and he's like, yes, all of those, put them together. And they, they had to also, um, they said that, they were trying not to make it, you know, too much like the thing, um, hmm. because it'd be really easy to rip, you know, rip that off the way that this monster works. Um, I, I think um, it, it was a pretty good monster, but like I said, it's just it's shot wrong. It's, you know, there's the even the scene where like the arm falls falls into the water. It kind of flops around a little bit. Looks rubbery. Yeah. Yeah. Um, See, this movie, I think, I was like, uh, is is. One of those thing films I think I want to kind of sometimes point to when people talk about like the vast superiority of mm-hmm. uh, of practical effects over CGI, and I'm like, right. I don't know, this monster yeah. looks and, looks and like a, lot a of guy that, with a ru- looks like a guy in a rubber suit for a lot of And a of lot of that time. could be, you know, the fact that they were shooting in Italy. Um, yeah. You know, they the people at Stan Winston Studios, I can't remember which guy it was, was talking about how, uh, you know, when they had to have people gotten get stuff that they needed like you know he sometimes he would just draw a picture of what he needed because he didn't know how to say the words yeah, the words yeah so you know might, might have been the camera people or you know the light some of the lighting people just didn't speak the language and didn't you know they're shooting yeah. like they shoot every movie they do yeah um, yeah it's possible i do like the fact I mean. that i do like the fact that they're like at the end we kind of realized that not only does he does this monster absorb people they're still conscious yeah that's that was whoa <laughs> yeah that's pretty dark stuff yeah yeah it's something that's not even really uh not really explored that much no or, already, or, or discussed that, yeah because by that point we're already you know running towards the the end of credits uh, yeah yeah it's a weird thing to introduce at that point right too yeah um Which but, is one, more uh, thing, but yeah. one more thing one more thing one more thing yeah yeah, one more thing that uh, yeah. that uh, that and I think that's that's the that's the that's the third act of Leviathan in a nutshell. I think it's just right. it's like one more thing, one more thing, one more thing. <laughs> right. When the fact that what made the movie's first two thirds work really well was it's just this one thing. Right. And it, it it and it moves along really really well and creates some interesting characters and it and it right. really does uh, set up a really strong film and then it's yeah. Just, but once they, they just start running those dominoes more on yeah right. exactly. Uh, suddenly, it's a, we got to set in motion a whole bunch of other stuff we want to talk about, and it's like, well, right? Maybe, maybe we should have. Maybe you should have scaled that back. You know, maybe, 
maybe we should have just had running from a monster for right. the last 15 minutes and blow the monster up and then we 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 go home yeah yeah i yeah. think it's then we have but then we wouldn't have sharks i guess <laughs> you know we have well, to have sharks know, it's in, it's in the ocean you have to have sharks i think there's a law yeah 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 and then they clearly re-edit, uh, re-edited all that those that sequence to uh, to include um, because they yell they see the chopper and then they're right. like sharks and then they're like hey look the chopper and I'm like what the, also who the hell sharks is yeah also sharks and I'm like so they're clearly editing like a, a shot from like a, a minute earlier back yeah. into the movie it's it's a really really yeah that's that's why I'm really firmly events. convinced that something happened in the third act where they're like no we need to cut twenty minutes we out need of this to, third yeah, act. we need to just be done yeah. Yeah, or we're out of we're out of money, right? You know, I think yeah. it's the second. I think I I think I'm sorry. I think it's the first. I think it's just they wanted they they realized that they didn't want to have a two and a half hour movie. Yeah, and then you know they didn't James, want you know how long was the abyss? Because I feel like the abyss was really long, but that came out. After uh, there was abyss. there was the original cut of the abyss, and then there was the inevitable James Cameron director's cut. And right. I think like the director's cut was forty five minutes longer. Of course, it was. Yeah, so I want to say the abyss was probably around two hours, and then the the oh, was, special it two, edition. It was two twenty, two hours twenty minutes, and Leviathan was. Oh, I I'm sorry, Leviathan was an hour and thirty eight minutes. It wasn't two hours. It, no, so it might have came in at two hours, and you know they're cutting yeah. it out. Because it feels like it feels like yeah. a two hour movie up until the end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that would make sense work. to me if they if they cut fifteen twenty minutes of footage right. out of the film. That would that would make sense to me, and it would account for a lot. Yeah. No. Well, we can't forget another screening in, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Over the course of a day. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, it would it would account for like why like things are so choppy. Oh right, right. Yeah. Uh, towards the end, is like, well, actually, we cut out stuff that. Yeah, at least you know, know they at least they cut from the end and not the beginning. A lot of films these days would just cut out all the stuff that made made everything yeah. work at the beginning. Cut out, yeah, <laughs> cut out all the characters. Right. We don't need the. We don't need to have characters talking. In fact, that's a criticism of the new uh, Kong Godzilla movies. People are saying like, who cares if the human stories aren't good? It's about Kong and Godzilla. It's like, without the people, right? This movie is nothing but a cartoon. You know, it's nothing but a video game cutscene. Like you have to have a story. You have to and have a character. And wasn't you know, isn't the new Kong movie like long as hell? Too? I feel like every movie nowadays is two and a half hours at least. But well, uh, your current, your current. Have you finished Justice League yet? We were talking about this on April Fool's Day. Did you finish? <sighs> no, not yet. No, not no. yet. You're still working on that. I I still have. Uh, I, I just started part six, and I think the rest is just them fighting Steppenwolf, which is actually gonna feel longer than everything else combined. I think. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there, well, there's the epilogue. Don't forget that. Oh, right, because you know, um, I gotta see Jared Leto before I go home. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You kind of do. Really, that's really? when Batman. That's when Batman says the f word, man. That's oh, that's the, that's, oh, that's the reason why we're all there. Does um, does he does he hang dog like he did in uh, that uh, <laughs> that uh, DC Black comic they did? No, what I don't, was that? I don't even know what you're talking they, about. Oh, like a year or two ago, they did a. They started. Uh, I want to say DC Black Label or something like that. Which yeah, is yeah. Just a knockoff of you know Marvel Max or whatever. But yeah, there well, was it's, a, it's the it's the new Vertigo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Adult, I, it's the mature readers label of. I uh, think it was of, in Batman Damned, which is a bad comic that misuses Batman and John Constantine. Which you know oh. that's a that's a two for a suck. But there was there was a there was apparently a panel where like Batman you know 
gets home and he's all jacked up and you know he's he disrobes and you can see his dick in one of the panels oh. and they they actually they they i think they took it out <laughs> eventually uh no there are there are no penis shots of uh at the end of uh justice league i'm kind of surprised because uh, you know zach zach snyder you know yeah no there's some, just there's he's just, got some male, male gaze i'm not i'm not saying anything yeah that means there's just anything, some but, batman yeah there's just some batman saying some f words and uh oh. uh Oh. And more Martian Manhunter. Oh, and, goody. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. that's... You want to you wanna take us out before we just start yeah. having a whole conversation <laughs> yeah. on a movie that I haven't finished yet? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, but yeah. the point we were trying to make was, uh, you know, a modern film would cut uh, characterization Right, and then at this bulk point up the action. And bulk up the action. Right. When, in fact, the op- the, what makes the Leviathan better. work... Right. Yeah, what makes Leviathan work is... Uh, we have great characters at the beginning, you know, and then we can follow them through the action. Um, but yeah, okay. Uh, so to wrap us up, um, watch Leviathan. It's a lot of fun. Yes, it's on Tubi uh, currently. I don't think it's on Prime right now, but it's on Tubi. No, uh, you can check it out there. It's one of Tubi's many hidden gems. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you again. Thank you very much for listening uh, and for your shares and your retweets. Uh, we very much appreciate it. We love doing this, and uh, and. We uh, we would love for more people to listen to it, and um, and yeah, uh, uh, give us your feedback. We love we love engaging. Um, yes, we really enjoy doing this. Um, so we remind you as usual to keep it positive and keep it constructive. Love yourself, love your fellow horror fans, and uh, and be safe out there. Uh, the world is hopefully slowly getting safer, yep. but it's also getting more and more dangerous as we go. Try um, to make, it a, make an appointment to get a vaccine if you can, guys. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's that's not gonna get any better until we're all uh, no. We're all the, the faster everybody gets that vaccine, the faster we can have horror movie conventions again, guys. Come on, just do it. <laughs> well, there, yeah. Well, that's another whole story. But yeah, uh, right. but anyway, yes. Uh, thank you again, and uh, and we and we love you, and uh, and so thank you very much. Good night, and namaste. <laughs> Thank you.